Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome. Here we are for another Chakra Chat and today I am talking to Amanda Kate. Now Amanda is a kinesiologist and if you don't know what that is don't worry it's literally the first question I ask her. Um, Amongst other things she's also um, a speaker, public speaker and she's an author and she's a, a transformational coach And um, we had so much in common and I based our talk around her very wise um, ability to help people get in touch with their intuition and to learn to trust the self. And that takes getting to know the self and getting to know the body and paying attention. And we talked about self-care and self-love and what that looks like and a million other things. We really vibed. We really had so much in common and our work was really aligned. So I enjoyed this conversation. Um, Amanda is just a gorgeous, gorgeous person. And she's, as will be evident when you hear her speak, she is from Australia. And um, so it was late for her, early, well, sort of mid-morning for me. And I was pretty impressed by her her lucidity at that time of night. So um, here we go. Enjoy our chat. And please don't go, go and get her book as well. Um, I'll put details at the end. So here you go. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome to the Chakra Meditation Podcast. Today I'm with Amanda Kate, who is a kinesiologist. Is that the correct title for you, Amanda? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. One of many. <laughs> One of many. Yes, exactly. You seem to have a lot of, of things that you do. But as um, as a yoga teacher, as a chakra practitioner, the thing that I'm most interested and in, want to dive into with you mm. is this sensing into our intuition. That's our, that's my kind of thing that I really want to get uh, a handle yeah. on. But first of all, let me just ask you the obvious question, which is what is a kinesiologist? <laughs> <laughs> 
What is kinesiology? So, yeah, it's it's interesting. So, um, obviously, a lot of the people I talk to are in the States and over there, it's just about muscle movement. And I can't actually even remember hearing the term in the UK when I lived over there. So, Not I don't, cool. I mean, I know there are kinesiologists in the UK because I'm connected with a few, but it's it doesn't seem to be a widely known modality. And right. what it is, is we look at the totality of the human I guess, body and experience to work out where those movements are not working so fluently or fluidly. And we want to return the body to a state of its innate health and well-being. So the body wants to naturally heal itself. And we ignore all of those signs because we've not been taught how to listen to them or how to interpret them or any of the other things. And not to trust them either, let alone act on them. That's a whole other story. Mm. And kinesiology looks at, you know, the root cause of what's going on. So, you know, what I describe it as is in two different ways. So one is that quantum physicists have proven that the universe is 4% physical matter. So when somebody comes to see me, I'm looking at this human meat suit as 4% of the equation. So what's the other 96% is spiritual, mental, emotional, energetic, uh, transformational, relational, financial, hormonal, on and on and on it goes. And so what you see when you go into a doctor's office is, you know, I've got diabetes. Well, why do you have diabetes? Because I've got these symptoms. So why do I have these symptoms? Because you've got diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) You can kind of see where I'm going here. (laughs) We could do the same with pretty much everything else. Well, I've got these symptoms, therefore I have this disease, but why do I have this disease? Because you've got these symptoms. Yeah. Now we know from that holistic totality, look at the body that there you may have a genetic expression for something, but unless you have a stress or series of stresses, series of traumas, series of switches that are flipped within your body, that that gene may never ever express itself. And so what we're wanting to do is unpack what those switches were that were flipped, why they were switched, when they were switched, and then vibrationally shift that frequency. So we do work very much with the chakra system. We do work very much with the meridian system. And what I love about kinesiology is it really is a good blend between that Eastern wisdom and the Western science. Mm -hmm. And so we look at biochemical pathways in the body. We look at liver function. We look at the way that different parts of the body interact and talk to one another. And we want to almost, you know, clear up the phone lines so that they can actually communicate. And so I often look at, you know, when we're working on the body, it's rewiring that nervous system. If you notice when you get stressed, there's tends to be mostly two types of people. One is that person, I may or may not know this person or be this person (laughs) where you get stressed and it is like every single switch and every single appliance and everything that runs off electricity in your house is switched on at the same time and you will cook and you will clean and you will strive your way out of that stress and you will work your butt off until you you know get to a point where everything is done and you will just Mm -hmm. keep in that over-functioning mode. The other people are those people where it's like every electrical switch in the house is off and they are the people who are either asleep or in front of Netflix until that little warning comes up on your screen that, you know, you really should go have a shower and leave your couch. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's what we're looking at doing is rewiring that nervous system and looking at all of those things that are sitting there that are interrupting 
our natural flow, our natural health, the body's innate wisdom to keep itself healthy and well. So it kind of brings in a whole heap of different stuff. Wow. I mean, this is, I feel like, right, we could just end the podcast here, right? You all know about kinesiology school. Can get that? This sounds amazing. But so in practical terms, so I come to mm. see you, I've got, you know, some kind of issue that's going on mm-hmm. for me, a chronic, th- whatever, you know, let's mm-hmm. say chronic fatigue, for example, mm-hmm. which is something that is cropping yes. us a lot more than it used to. Like, what is your actual kind of, um, what is the treatment? Uh, like, you know, you like go to see somebody and you're like, right, I want to have physical sort of, you know, I want to have an exercise, I want to have a pill, I want to have, you know, fix me, fix me kind of thing Mm. which is what we all want when we're feeling a bit crap um what what are the practical implications of kinesiology I think one of the biggest problems is that idea that it's a fix me fix me idea and that we're going to be able to get well overnight and so I've had people come to me when they've been looking for answers for 20 years and they literally expect me to fix them in an hour yeah. And I'm like, one, you're not broken. You do that, Amanda. Come on. <laughs> Seriously. I know. Exactly right. But it, I go, well, you know, it's taken you 20 years. You've tried all of these other modalities and you've been trying some of them for two, three years every week or every fortnight. And you're complaining about coming to me maybe once a fortnight, maybe every four weeks, depending on what we're working on to realign your full energy body and basically rebuild that you know, nervous system reaction and, and all of that sort of stuff. And so it's quite fascinating when you sort of look at that, that people expect the magic to just kind of happen. Now, when people come to see me, what I do is we have a chat about what's going on, obviously, get a quite a detailed personal history. And then it really is looking at what they're trying to achieve in their life. So most kinesiology sessions, you will be working towards a goal, so to speak. And that goal might be mental, physical, emotional, or whatever. But part of the reason I call myself a transformational coach or transformational kinesiologist is that you may come to me because you think, you know, I don't know, let's call it your diabetes because I mentioned that one earlier, it wants to be fixed and manageable and whatever else. But we might be working on a whole heap of, say, childhood traumas or we might be working on some traumas that you've got at work or in your current relationship And all of a sudden, other symptoms will start to shift and change. And I'm not going to guarantee when you come in that what you're actually coming in for is what the universe and what you actually want to be working on. Because we often deny, you know, we often delude ourselves. We often deny what's truly going on. And the thing with kinesiology is is it is speaking straight to the subconscious brain. And so we're pulling up those messages of what is creating the disturbances that are allowing all of those things to present so much. When I was in deep in chronic fatigue, I was having kinesiology every fortnight. I was seeing a chiropractor. I was seeing a Chinese doctor. I was seeing my naturopath. I was also working with a PT. You know, I had it and I was very privileged to be able to do that. Mm. You know, as things went on and I left my marriage, some of those things started to drop away. But kinesiology, coaching, acupuncture, um, cupping, massage, things like that have always been since then part of my healing remit so to speak yoga as well but that constant balancing of the mind body spirit because what had actually led me into chronic fatigue was years and years of psychological and emotional abuse 
And not one single doctor who told me I was the healthiest sick person they knew, by the way, and couldn't pick up the fact that I was in chronic fatigue. They never asked about support structures. They never asked about what was going on in my life. They didn't want to know about me. They were just like, oh, well, here's some antidepressants. I'm going looking at your body and going, what's wrong with this body? Not wrong. What's wrong with this energy, the spirit, this. Yeah. Yeah. This emotional. And on paper, it looked amazing. And so nobody went any further than that external appearance, which, of course, I was fighting to keep up. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this facade that we were holding up, you know, it reminds me of some of the buildings that I saw, you know, in Christchurch not that long ago where there's, you know, literally just the facade of the building being propped up. And that was me kind of trying to hold up my life and go, no, it's all fine, look, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm crumbling. And, And I think people don't understand the... The desperation that the spirit can sometimes go into and as you start to unpeel it and recognize that you're just on the wrong path yeah it can be scary as hell yeah changes <laughs> changes hard you know i mean this is yeah. something that i've um you know heard many times you know when as a, as a, somebody who's you know runs a business and runs courses mm. and so on and i occasionally sort of hop onto some sort of coaching kind of vibe and that's always really useful and inspiration gives me a little bit of a kick up the ass and so on but they're always saying you know it's all very well you're selling transformation but people want transformation but they don't want to have to do the transformation because change is challenging change is hard Mm -hmm. and then and somebody also said to me what is it changes is um Oh, it's it's difficult, it's messy, and it's glorious. But you have oh, yeah. to go through that really difficult bit, through the messy mm-hmm. bit where everything's just all over the place and little. Uh, but once you get through the other side, it's glorious, and that's obviously where you are. So that, and then you go through it again, and then yeah. you go through it again, and then you go through it again. And I think this is it. You know, I, I've often rung a couple of my girlfriends, going, "Can I just hop off this path now? <laughs> like this is, shouldn't I be through it by now?" And you know, enlightened and all the rest of it. But realistically, that's part of being human: is there will always be layers to unpack, mm. and and if we want to continue improving and becoming the best version of ourself and the most up-to-date version of ourself and the most healed version of ourself there will always be layers to unpack mm. and, and for me, a lot of this a lot of these layers to unpack are you know we've got this three basic layers to unpack mm-hmm. which is the the, the physical side mm-hmm. of it and then there's the sort of spiritual sort of energetic side of it. And then there's the mental side of it. Mm. And we try and fix our emotional problems, our energetic problems a lot with our brain. Yeah. And that's why that's why the, the chakra system appeals and why I love it so much is because it yeah. gives you that emotional, spiritual sort of energetic framework with mm. which you can use your mind to delve into it so your mind is feeling like mm, I'm getting somewhere I'm you know <laughs> yeah I'm learning yeah. stuff and you know you have that beginning of that awareness but that's what seeps down into the into the the spaces between you know the other 96 percent or whatever yeah. you know that that you are of, of energy I've not heard that statistic before but four percent of mm. Yeah, there's actually a book out there called The 4% Universe or something. But yeah, I've I've done a few Google searches on it because I was like, no way. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did a bit of uh, my own research because I was like, no, that can't be true. But apparently it is. I love, um, 
I love that. And I love that it's sort of similar to that thing where, you know, you have, you know, we share, I don't know, whatever crazy percentage with frogs or, you know, there's mm. there's yeah. always these things that are so hard to believe because we sit up here and are, you know, thinking, well, we are special. <laughs> we are yeah. humans. You know? <laughs> yeah. Surely we're made of more than that and less of that. But actually, no, we are just as same as, you know, connected. So, but that brings us nicely back to this, connecting with our truth which is yeah. something that I know that you're really passionate about so talk to me a little bit about connecting with our <clears throat> excuse me connecting with our internal truth because we have constant bombardments of external stuff mm-hmm. and opinions and just facts you know I mean just the facts of what's going on in the world is is overwhelming enough for our so you know for most people that's for me anyway (laughs) on a daily basis and that influences what you see as the truth we're so busy Mm -hmm. looking outwards with our outward seeing eyes that we don't listen to the old good old third eye which is where our intuition lives certainly in the chakra system that's absolutely Mm -hmm. the center of our of our intuition so yeah talk to me a little about how you how you work towards connecting with that internal truth with your intuition I think it's one of those things that the main things you have, you know, for me that are, I guess, non-negotiable on that are bringing in my curiosity, because the fact is we are all swimming in the same water. We are all swimming in the patriarchal system. We are all swimming in years and years of conditioning. We are all swimming in racism and sexism and ableism and all of those things. And we don't often realize how conditioned we are until Mm -hmm. someone pulls us up and goes, actually, I don't think that's quite right. Now, as a result, you know, I am actually quite okay now being told that I'm not right in something. Now, going back to who I was before I started on this journey, I'd have gotten really offended if someone had said, no, you're wrong, because we do have this inbuilt switch of I must be right and I need to be right because we've been shamed and belittled and embarrassed so often for not being right, whether it be through the school system or with our parents or wherever it may be, that we have this huge need to be right. And when we go back to that basic physiology and we go back to those first humans in those first tribes, our basic physiology says, if I am not accepted by this tribe, I will be cast out into the wilderness to die. And every decision that we make is basically that. Will I be accepted in this situation or will I die? And I know that sounds really, really crazy. Most people also think, by the way, just as a quick aside, that the mind is this bit between our ears. But every cell and every atom of our being holds memories of our past, present and future. And our cells remember physically and viscerally a lot of our memories. And I can give you a really good example. I had an altercation um, with somebody who had been quite a um let's call them an aggressor in my life the other week and as much as I was like oh there they go again and I could see their inner child playing up and I could see their angry teenager and they were quite clearly in the wrong they'd made a mistake Hmm. unable to admit it and all they needed to say was you know what I'm really sorry about that I'll get you the right papers in a couple of days 
I made a mistake and I'll own it. I'm really sorry. Instead, they came at me, you this and you that and making themselves bigger and leaning over me. And I'm just like going, you know what? I just don't want to deal with this. And I actually turned and walked away. Mm-hmm. However, in my body, I could feel that same reaction yeah. coming feel it because it, my cells remember yeah yeah and so again you know that's where those layers come in so i'm like okay so i need to work on that deprogramming a little bit more but where we go to with that inner truth is is recognizing that we are constantly plugged in that we are built to move at walking pace and we hurtle through the world at 40 60 80 100 miles an hour yeah And we are constantly watching videos or movies or TikToks or whatever that are flashing images at a rate that our bodies and brains cannot process. And so we bring in the most minute amount of information and that minute amount of information is then filtered through our belief systems, through our perceptions, through our upbringing, through all of the things that we have been through And then we go, oh, well, this is the bit that's important. Mm. And they've done studies on things like this. It's um, with the part of the brain called the reticular activating system where they go, you know, they tell people they're going to get a red car. And all of a sudden, everybody reports seeing way more red cars on the road than they had before. Mm. You know, I was, I remember when I first fell pregnant, I was working in London and I'd never, clearly not quite never, but I'd (laughs) never noticed pregnant women before. And next thing I thought half of London's pregnant. (laughs) This is insane. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. that there were any more pregnant people, but because it had raised in my importance levels. Yeah. And so what I work on is raising those importance levels of the things that I want to know about. So I am raising the importance of, okay, am I feeling a reaction in my body here? What is that reaction? You know, am I feeling it in my gut? Am I feeling it in my heart? Am I feeling it lower down? Is it feeling heady Mm. and again you know even with you knowing the chakra system being up in our head is fun because those top chakras move really fast and being down in the base can feel a bit slow and sluggish and boring because the other ones move a bit faster and get us into that nice little buzzy dizzy place but in the shadow aspect of it that's our overthinking Mm. that's the wheels spinning and not getting anywhere And without that grounding, as you know, it's like letting helium balloons off and you can go as high as you want, but how the hell are you going to get back down? Likewise, it's so so important to stay rooted. It's interesting because I'm I'm currently running my course. I've got a beautiful group of people Mm -hmm. um, in my course at the moment, and we're just about to approach the crown chakra. So they're in the third, third eye chakra at the moment, and we're just about to go into crown. And... Um, and I keep saying to them, it's really important that you review your route. You have to make yourself grounded. And and because I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about, you know, because the crown is at that thousand lotus, thousand petal mm. lotus flower. And the symbology of that is really so important. Everyone lo- just looks at the, the beautiful lotus flower and forgets that it has to be rooted in the mud you know, it has to, those, those, that stalk goes through the water mm. into the mud. It has to be in mud, sticky, stinky, sludgy, brown, earthy mud. And without yeah. that, there's no flower. 
So it's really, you know, and I, this is my kind of like my mantra of this week is don't forget your route. You've got to go back to your route before you go there, because otherwise, yeah, off you go like a birthday balloon into the ether, Mm. never to be seen again or just caught in a tree (laughs) and nobody wants that. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, I think of the people that I know who don't ground regularly and they do tend to be a bit off with the fairies and, you know, la, 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 and off they go. And that can be nice at times. And let's face it, who doesn't enjoy being in that space? But the more firmly grounded we are, the more we can bring it into that reality. So I think having that really bodily awareness of what's going on. The other thing is to recognize the stories that you're carrying you know I was able to stand in that position the other week and go I can see this this I've been in this situation countless times before okay how do I want to react and respond in there now I've put a boundary in in perhaps the two words that aren't the best for putting a boundary in in the end (laughs) yeah but, you know, sometimes needs must. Sometimes, yes. And and I was like, oh, come on, you could have been a bit better. But at the same time, I was, you know, I could feel that anger. I could feel that, you know, just it's not a hard conversation. I've taught the kids to do it. You know, it's that sort of thing. And yet I could still feel that bodily reaction. Now I had to sit with it for a while and go, is this my stuff? Is this the stuff that they were projecting onto me? And then take ownership of the bit that's mine. Mm -hmm. And I do that, you know, when I'm arguing with my partner or, you know, arguing with one of the kids, hang on, is this my expectations that I'm putting on them? Or is this, you know, my stuff? Is it their stuff? You know, where's this at? You know, I had a time the other week that my partner just, he'd been having a really rough few weeks and he just offloaded on me and I'm like, whoa. (laughs) And I said to him, I'm not going to take that personally because I know that's, just you need to get it off your chest. But it didn't feel good. But you need to just think about, you know, and he was devastated that he'd done that to me because we don't work like that. Mm. But it was the fact that I could recognise it. And that comes from me trusting that intuition. Now, previously, if someone had done that to me, I'd have gone, right, we're in, <laughs> you know, let's go. Yeah, either was we're able in. To oh, oh, God, I'm so awful because I've made them feel this way and it's mm. all my fault because I'm not enough or I'm not, yeah. you know, you you put it on yourself. And I think a lot mm. of people in those those situations do. I mean, I'm, I identify really strongly with what mm. you're saying because I'm, you know, I, I've had experience with a similar mm. kind of um, dynamic where you you know you're being told that it's all your fault you're like oh my god I was much yeah it must be so let me fix myself yeah exactly and having the realization that it's not your fault that it's not your shit to carry Mm. around that it's theirs that they're just spurting at you and now Mm. you're covered in it thank you very much but no yeah um yeah it's a big big step and it's a Mm. very um I was going to say freeing and kind of is freeing to have that realization, but energetically it's really releasing because you just don't carry around somebody else's baggages. You know, you don't want to be a bat, you know, pack horse for other people's Mm. baggage. You know, we all have emotional baggage of stuff that we, that we do lug around with us, but hoisting it onto somebody else. or especially somebody we're supposed to love Mm. is not a helpful thing to do. So recognizing that, so getting to that point where you're recognizing what your truth is, what's Mm. yours and what's not yours. How do you approach that? I mean, I know we've kind of talked to that already, but. 
Yeah, look, I think it is that time. It is doing a lot of this soul searching, doing a lot of the unpacking of your stories, because mm. most of what we carry around is our story. Yeah. And how much of that is is 100% true? Because every time we remember our story, we're remembering a memory of that story. And so the further we are from it, I guess the further from the real truth that we are, and we've added perception or embellishment or delusion or whatever it is. And often we double down on that mm. because that's that human protection mechanism. And I think where we where I come to is the curiosity and the questioning, because sometimes there aren't any answers either. And it's being OK with not having any answers. It's being able to go, OK, what's happening for me here? I actually don't know. What am I feeling? OK, well, I've got a bit of, you know, a heaviness in my heart or I've got a bit of fluttering in my stomach. OK, is that fluttering in my stomach? Is that like a, a, a fear fluttering? Is that a excited fluttering? Is that a warning? Is that a jump for joy there are so many different things that that could be but when you and it's up to us to discern it your body will tell you if you actually do that line of inquiry the right thing pops up and that's Mm. the beauty of trusting your intuition is just asking the question you're Mm. so right and that thing about you know having a memory having a story you know in chakra terms the 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 shadow side of the Mm. third eye chakra is illusions you know and what are illusions they are the stories that we tell ourselves it's those Mm. programmings from childhood and authorities it's the you know abuses and traumas that we've had as Mm. as you know as adults and so on and when we identify when we have those memories so you remember a story like when you're telling your story about that person who was not being so nice the other week like even probably in the telling of the story you can remember the sensation Mm. you can remember the emotions that you were feeling during that time Mm. and it's kind of like finding that dissociation with that and like looking at it as a sort of like far away of that that happened you know like almost like you're watching a movie which is maybe Mm. why we're all so addicted to watching Netflix because it helps us dissociate from our own emotions I guess and I think I mean that that is what for me things like yogic practices and meditation give you is that ability to observe what's going on in your body rather than being what's going on in your body mm-hmm. because we do need a bit of space we need that space to be able to have a breath and go okay so what does that feel like for me and building language around our emotions so that we can name them because most people can name mad sad glad three emotions and yet I have charts and charts and charts of emotions that I test up for people that give all different colors and shades and textures and light and dark and you know all of that stuff that life is made of and we get into the nitty-gritty of that emotion what does that emotion mean to you what do you think of how does that feel in your body does it feel heavy does it feel light and I think the the very basic premise, and I think it's something that people can do really easily at home, is go, okay, so I'm feeling, I don't know, I'll use the fact that I've got a bit of a, a heavy spot just here in the centre of my chest at the moment. Now, it doesn't feel like a grief or a sadness. It probably feels more like a tiredness, which is understandable because I started my day at, you know, quarter to six this morning and, you know, it's now what quarter to 11 at night. So that's really normal tiredness. So I've I've named what it is. I've validated why it's there. 
And as I take a deep breath, it's like, oh, you've noticed me. Thank you. And now it's disappeared. It's not sitting there anymore. And our emotions do that. I liken them to toddlers. You know, when you, I don't know who out there's had children, but if you've ever, ever had a child, they come up to you and mum, 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 pull on your sleeve and mum, mum, mum. And sometimes you just look at them and you go, yes, darling. And they run off and they're happy because you've noticed them. Yeah. That's what our emotions are doing. Notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me. Have you noticed me yet? Have you noticed me yet? Oh, good. You've noticed me. Excellent. You validated my existence. Now I don't need to stick around and harass you. But it's when we're denying them, when we're pushing them down, when we're suppressing them, when we're hiding them away, when we're shoving them in the closet, you know, when we're ignoring them and pretending they don't exist, that's when they start to become blockages in the body. And they're the energetic blockages that then end up flipping those switches that lead to dis-ease and a lack of wellness in the body. And that feeling of stuckness in our soul and that feeling of ugh, Groundhog Day. And it's, you, you know, you can pick up one day and put it on the next and on the next and all the days before it and all the days after and they all start looking the same. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think some of this emotional fluency is what I call it it can give us and that is going in you know why am i feeling this feeling ah you know well my dog died i should be feeling sad huh okay or even through the last couple of years you know what i'm feeling really sad coming up to christmas because i'm recognizing the fact that the last couple of christmases were you know washouts and we didn't quite get the same celebration that's actually a really good reason to feel sad And when we go into depressions, and I say this to some of my clients who are talking about going and getting anti-anxieties and antidepressants. Now, some of my clients, I go, yes, completely 100%, I am behind you, you know, using that to get yourself out of the hole you're in. But I think the fact is both of those emotions have been clinicalized. I don't think that's a word, Um, (laughs) but we'll use it anyway. Um, But anxiety is a really useful emotion. If I feel anxiety walking through the city on my own at night, that's actually really healthy. That's my body saying something doesn't feel right here and you better be on high alert just in case. Mm -hmm. We need that. Now, if we're just going around our day-to-day business and that switch is always flipped on, then obviously we need to work on what's creating that. Why, Why is that there all the time? Why are you feeling so unsafe all of the time that you feel that you need to be on such high alert? Likewise, depressions are really normal. And I've had a lot of people come to me who are going, I've been put on antidepressants. My partner died two years ago and then we hit COVID and then we had this and then we've had this. And I'm like, hun, if you weren't depressed, I'd be upset. Yeah. I think there was something more wrong with you. Yeah. This is a normal life experience and you should be in that ebb right now. Now, our job is to get you out of that ebb so that you can process all of that stuff that's gone on. And if we can process it layer by layer as quickly as your nervous system can handle, because we don't want to go straight back to factory settings and clearing all of the malware and spy bots off our machine because we would short circuit, Mm. you know, we do this gently and easily and we start building you some steps out of that downward ebb. Because you know what, all isn't lost. You need to process that grief. You refusing to process that grief and trying to swallow it down is actually the bit that's creating the disharmony. As soon as we can start to create that your grief in yourself can be, say, easier bedfellows, Mm. and we can create a harmony between them, then all of a sudden you'll start naturally coming out of that depressive cycle. Yeah. And, and and that recognition of that, first of all, mm. and 
is is the first step and it's just honestly if if you just make that one step of that awareness that's mm. going to help like that's 90% of the battle yeah. but what i find lovely and the way that i'm sure you do as well is that i take people out of their heads and go okay stop stop thinking about mm. this stop trying to yeah. kind of you know like sitting in a room talking to somebody you can do that forever but it's in your body and so mm. that's why the practice of yoga and meditation mm. you kind of disconnect from the thinking about it that trying to intellectualize and analyze and you know do all this hard work up here it's mm. painful it's hard work like you can't yeah. think yourself out of depression you have you know like I think it's pretty well known now that you know exercise is one of the key things that is going to mm. help you keep that at bay yeah. um so but yoga is it takes you in and you can actually direct your practice towards the issue that you are feeling mm. you know yeah like, stiff hips anybody else you know all that emotion bung down mm -hmm. there, stuck you know just just easing through it just making friends with the pain just going I see yeah. you exactly yeah. as you said it's such yeah. beautiful practice and then meditation as well which just helps mm -hmm. take your brain to a different place it's like giving your mm -hmm. brain a holiday like taking yeah. an indigestion tablet for your brain it just yeah. unblocks it all mm. so do you use do you use yoga and meditation in your in your practice in your when you're with clients I, I use it in my own life um and a lot of them will use it anyway sometimes it may test up as you know some stuff that they need to go and do at home um other times it will be just more of that somatic clearing that we're doing so finding out why they've got you know the back pain or the neck pain or the soul pain or whatever it is and and working on okay let's let's neutralize the aspect of that and you know one of my clients rang me the other day she's like I don't think this work this this is I'm quite working with this right she said I'm noticing these situations that I didn't notice before and I'm not quite sure how to deal with them and I said that's exactly it that's the whole point because what you're doing is you're in these same situations the behaviors are the same and yet you're going do I want to go down that road or do I want to choose a different path? Which path feels better for me right now? I'm like, that's you being in choice. And that's exactly what we're working towards. So all of this bit that you're going, I feel more confused than ever. I said, no, that's exactly where you need to be because you're making the choice then rather than going straight into reaction. Yeah. And that is phenomenal because then you're going, hang on, that doesn't feel right to me. Again, we're going with that intuition or hang on, you know, I've got this T-shirt and all the different sizes. I'm a bit bored with this one. Do I really want to be playing that same game over and over and over again? Or do I want to change the script this time? Mm. And so how else could I deal with it? And she's doing it in the moment. And I'm like, hun, you, you like, that's, <laughs> that's exactly the point of what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing yeah no it's 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 such important and brilliant work mm. um that you're that you're doing and to and to try you know this is I, i'm just really loving this conversation because we're so <laughs> on the same page with everything yeah, so it. the other thing that i wanted to ask you because the one yes. thing that i find quite often because i do chakra readings and I sort of dial down so each chakra has like about 12 or more little as you know different aspects of mm -hmm. it and the one thing that is always so crucial and I think is always the first step towards healing yourself is 
self is because because it's an act of self-care is mm-hmm. self-care and self-love and this mm-hmm. is something that is always not always it is the one of the most common things when I'm doing a reading is that people are very happy to receive into to to give love they give their love and their empathy mm-hmm. and their compassion and their, but actually receiving it back is hard mm-hmm. but self-love yeah. self-love's the most the most difficult thing to practice so how's what what how do you guide people towards self-love because mm-hmm. I always feel like self-love looks really different for different people like some people oh, yeah. it's like self-love is I'm going to go and get myself a massage or get my nails done and other people it's sitting on the mat and doing a meditation and I don't know but how does it look mm. to, to you What's, so there's a, there's a lot obviously in that one to unpack and, and I'll, I'll come in with the, I guess the biggest points of that is one, the reason people love giving is because they are fully in control. They control what they give, when they give, how much they give. They are in their masculine and they are able to control that and everyone loves being in control because they feel empowered then. When you are receiving, you are completely in surrender. You do not choose what is given, when it's given, how much is given. You choose nothing except there is a vulnerability there and who wants to be vulnerable when the world is unsafe Mm. and so there is a huge lesson in allowing yourself to receive because when we're only doing the giving we're only sitting in that masculine aspect when you you know the masculine aspect is think of the male sex organs it is out there it is projective it is giving Yeah. Think of the female sex organs. It is receptive. It is hidden. It is mysterious. It is wise. That is our receptivity. And we all have this. It doesn't matter what gender you are because we're talking archetypally here. Mm-hmm. We all have those aspects to us, the giving and the receiving. Now, most people go around giving, 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 and not allowing that receiving in because that's too much. And and that is one of the biggest parts is, and I remember starting this, oh God, Years and years ago, I was in my early 30s, I think. So probably, what's that, 12 years ago, probably roughly. And I started realizing how few people ever gave compliments to other people. So I started giving people compliments. It's amazing how few people can receive them gracefully. Oh, no, 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 this old thing. Oh, no. When you receive a compliment, try. Thank you. I really appreciate that today. Or thank you for seeing me. That feels really good. Something small. Pick whatever you thank you is usually where most people can start because they feel so damn uncomfortable at trying to receive it. Eventually it does get easier and easier. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I'm still learning. Don't get me wrong, but it gets easier. And I think in terms of the self-love, the biggest problem we have in self-love is that self-love has been taken by the patriarchy and by consumerism. And so self-love is told, you need this course to be right. You need to be doing this. You need this massage. You need this treatment. You need this because if you don't, you are lacking and you are not loving yourself enough. So they put us into shame and they shame us into our self-care rituals. But guess which rituals they teach us? Oh, you need this skincare or you need this program or you need this thing. It's all self-care to be more beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And to you know, to give to others. Now, my favorite self-care is walking my dog along the beach. Mm. Costs me zero. Most of my self-care is, you know, okay, having a bath costs me the water and the bath salts and things. So I guess there is a cost there. But, you know, it's it's relatively inexpensive. Mm. 
most of my self-care things are actually me shutting myself off from the world and putting myself into my little tortoise shell and and closing out the world for a little bit so that I'm ready to to re-enter it so it's also just changing your idea on what self-care is you know think of all those ads and my feed is full of it because of course as soon as people see you're a coach all of these coaches that are selling programs to make you a more successful coach come and you know friend you and message you and tell you that you're not a good enough coach unless you're earning five or six figures a month Mm. and that you're not doing your coaching right if you're not getting 15 to 75 leads a month and you're not doing and I'm like you know well stop shaming me I'm running my business the way I'm running my business when was the last time you wrote a book when was the last time you know you were on talking to 50 different podcast hosts in six months or you know so don't tell me that because I'm not doing your strategy that my business isn't successful so there's shame and blame and guilt yeah. and it goes with self-care it goes with business it goes with relationships it goes with every area of our life because that's how they keep us plugged in to that patriarchal competitive system yeah. and real true self-love is going back it is slowing down it is tapping into our heart and soul and saying what do you want what is in my highest good right now what do i need today on Wednesday, I look after a couple of um, a couple of little children, and we were sitting there, and they weren't feeling the best. And you know, I was a bit tired, so I said, "You know what? We're going to watch a movie today." Now, usually when I'm with them, we are jumping on the trampoline and feeding the chickens and feeding the rabbits and running around the farm and doing all this stuff. No, we watched a movie, and they brushed my hair, which was awesome, and pretended to, you know, paint my face with pencils or something whatever they were doing you know and then we cuddled on the couch for a bit we made some like we slowed the day down because we all needed that rest we we're all coming to the end of the year we were all tired you could see it in everybody's face so okay what can we do that's a bit quieter today now again none of what we do when we're active costs us money but that certainly didn't either mm-hmm. and so I think it's really separating out and asking yourself what's in my highest good today and notice what happens when you answer that and when you don't answer that question. Yeah. Because when we go, what's in my highest good, you know what, I really need a salad today, but oh, I'm driving past a McDonald's. I can't be asked going into Tesco's or whatever it is. So I'll just get McDonald's. Notice how your body feels after you eat it. Yeah. You'll feel sluggish and, you know, yeah. a little bit nauseous and all the rest of it potentially. Yeah. I'm not going to put a blanket rule on it. But, you know, <laughs> if we're putting that stuff in our body when our body is craving something else, mm. you, you will notice a difference. So start with small things like that. Yeah. Start with putting your phone to one side and instead of getting your takeaway coffee in a takeaway cup, get it in an actual cup and sit down for a few minutes. Mm. Smell the coffee. Taste it as it's going down. Feel it going down your throat and hitting your stomach. Feel that warmth. Mm. Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Do I have to drink this a bit quicker because it's getting too cold? Do I actually like the smell of this? What does it remind me of? Again, that's our inner three-year-old. Let her question. Let her ask questions. Yeah. And that's your way to stay present with it and Mm. give yourself little moments of love through the day rather than going oh you know what i need to go away for a three-day retreat because and i'm not saying anything against three-day retreats by the way they are awesome um but you know we don't have to save up our self-care for one three-day week weekend every six months because we are going to be burned out by the time we get there and as soon as we get home we're going to be burned out again 
yeah exactly now you can't live your life just sort of hopping like like a you know like stepping stones because from one three one thing to you know one three-day retreat to the next one and just surviving Mm -hmm. in between quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, and I mean, my my thing that I love to to connect with in terms of self care is connecting with the inner goddess, because mm. the inner goddess are and you don't have to be a woman. Everyone has an inner goddess. Oh hell yeah! Most manly men have an inner goddess, and just what because she knows she knows mm. what you need, and she knows. So you just ask that inner goddess, and it is, and it's that in it's that just being able to connect with that I had my my clients recently just sort of when they were in the sacral chakra like really like connecting with Mm. their goddess and like you know how does she look you know imagine Mm. how what colors is she wearing you know what is she how magnificent is she like a warrior does she armor she Mm. got or is she kind of some ethereal floaty thing but it's interesting because whenever you ask somebody to picture their inner goddess yes they're gorgeous but my God, are they strong? Do they oh, yeah. know what they want? Yes, they know what's right. They really yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. So that connection with that inner, because mm. that's, again, there's just another facet of your intuition, yeah. of your inner knowing. And yeah. there's, there's, there's so much of that that you can investigate. It's just making that inquiry, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And looking at the way, you know, I love contacting that inner goddess, but I also like to get my divine masculine and feminine standing in front of me and notice how they're interacting. Are they touching each other? Are they standing really far apart? Are they standing so far apart that if I look at one, I can't see the other? Are they angry with each other? You know, when I first met mine, I had, because I'd been working on my inner feminine so much, she looked like Wonder Woman. She was this massive Amazonian, you know, she was a fierce warrior, but my inner masculine looked like Danny DeVito as the penguin, this short, battered, angry little man, because he hadn't had a say because I'd been working so desperately on my feminine that he was just pissed off that he'd been all of a sudden he'd been leading this show for so many years and then he'd basically been trodden on and pushed to one side while she got to the say Mm -hmm. and now that they work together now that they have a balanced relationship they're much more even they you know they know when one needs to step forward and one needs to step back it's that shall we do this yes let's It's not, I need to do it all and I need to be right. And there's not that fight. It truly is that partnership. Yeah. 
Do you know what? I feel like we should do a whole nother podcast just <laughs> on that, but I'm fully aware that it's really past your bedtime. So um, Amanda, this has just been the best conversation. I really will. I do want to pursue perhaps yeah. having a conversation with you, but in the meantime, I'm more than happy for that. Tell me about your, um, what you do, how people can get hold of you. You've mentioned you have a book, so mm-hmm. give, do a bit of self-promo and then we'll yeah absolutely so um the best place to start i guess is my website which is www.amandakate.com.au so i do have the .au on the end there signifying obviously australia um my book is divine messy human a spiritual guide to prioritizing internal truth over external influence i don't have any courses yet thank you we need to really get into that see we haven't (laughs) even got into that how we can listen to we've kind of done bits of it anyway because what it is is these short little bite-sized bits almost like we've done tonight with a bit of self-care and self-love and boundaries and balancing our masculine feminine and understanding spiritual paradox and you know how we which senses are our intuitive senses and how we tap into them so i've kind of got little bite-sized chunks and i've had some beautiful feedback um where people are like i just love that i can pick it up and you know, I don't have to read the whole thing. It's short and it's accessible, yet it gets into details. They're all short little chapters that you can just dive into. There's exercises in there and it's not a lot of my story. So I had somebody go, oh, I hoped it would be a bit more of your story, but there's bits and pieces in. But what I've done is I've taken the best things that illustrate the bits that I'm talking about. So it might be a client's story. It might be my story. It might be somebody else's story. But they're the things that really got me from that stage seven years ago, eight years ago, where I hated myself, where I truly loathed myself. I used to want to smash mirrors when I saw myself in them. And now I have this deep connection to this self-love, this vitality, this feeling of abundance. And, And they're all the things that kind of got me there. And so I wrote this book for me sort of seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. And I think that's you know, I, I don't even look at how it's going, to be honest, because to me, that was really what it was for. It was that soul book that I needed back then, that little guidebook that I could pick up and go, oh, my God, I don't feel so alone. And this stuff is both exceedingly easy and exceedingly hard at the same time. And that's okay. And can we sit with that? Can we sit with the fact that this is the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also the easiest and most rewarding thing I've ever done? And and just go, oh, yeah, both of those things are true. This is okay. Mm. And I am also equally divine and equally messy as hell. Yeah. And yeah. that, okay, can I sit with that? Mm. And so it really is getting getting to grips with the fact that we do need to love that totality of who we are. I love so, that. Yeah. I love this. I love the sound of this book. I'm going to go and have a little look for it. I'm sure I'll be able to get it on. I'm oh, it's sure on Amazon, Amazon and Kindle Amazon. and perfect. Yeah, some other yeah. things. It sounds so, like yeah. sounds like a good Christmas present, to be honest. And yes. I shouldn't say this because we're probably not. Actually, maybe I will put this podcast out earlier than I was planning. Maybe before Christmas because that would be a good. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it will be out in divine timing. Exactly. Listen. Thank you, Amanda. It's been amazing. Oh, it's my absolute I really pleasure. love chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time today or tonight. Oh, thank you. Oh, look, it's been a wonder. And look, I, I kind of have that little heart thing going because 
you know, I have so many dear, dear friends in the UK and yeah, I've got that little bit of, I know it's not really home anymore, but it was home for 11 years and I've got that little bit of, oh, I want to go see everyone because <laughs> hearing your accent just, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. I'll edit that. Everyone does that. It's okay. Everyone does it because when you make, I made my middle name, my surname. Right. So So everyone calls me Kate and that's okay. Okay. Well, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Amanda Kate. So there we go. God, I made a right peg zero of that at the end, and I? I said I was going to edit it out, but you know, sports and all, that's my theory. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that. Wasn't she great? Wasn't she fascinating? I really, really enjoyed that conversation with Amanda Kate. And um, yeah, her book, her books, her books are funny. So there's one version of it that's called. Um, it's called Divine Messy Human, a spiritual guide to prioritizing internal truth over external influence. Don't we all need that? But then there's another, it's the same book, but she's given it a different title, which I just love. And it's called Don't Let That So-and-So, and I shan't say the word because it begins with a C, Steal Your Bricks. Don't let the mm, steal your bricks, which is all about keeping your power and uh, just appeal to her sense of humor and mine as well, to be fair. And of course, you can find her at amandakate.com.au. Um, and she's appeared, when you go to her website, you'll see she's been on quite a few podcasts. So if you want to hear more of her in conversation, then there's lots there for you to find. And, um, of course, if you want to get hold of me, you know where to find me, chakra-way.com. And all of my bits and pieces are there, the course, the chakra readings, the freebies. Um, And, of course, if you want to get in touch, everything is always there for you. So until I see you again on the next podcast, enjoy yourselves and take care. Lots and lots of love. Bye now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 